Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Supplying fresh food like cut pumpkin direct to supermarket shelves around the country requires sophisticated packaging equipment to ensure it lasts and looks great when it gets there. G'day, I'm Drew Radford and being able to operate that equipment and importantly support it requires skills that not so long ago farmers like Nathan Free would have never have dreamed he needed to recruit for. And to add another level of complexity to his farming operation, Nathan changed the property to organic some 12 years ago. It presented a range of opportunities and challenges. To discuss them, Nathan joins us for this AgVic Talk podcast. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Drew. Nathan, whereabouts is Wattle Organic Farms located and what do you produce on the property? Our properties are based up near Lake Bogo, um, up on the Murray River. We grow a range of stone fruits, so plums, nectarines, peaches and apricots. We have a small line of figs we do early in the year and two of our main crops are pumpkins, both Kent and butternut pumpkin and broccoli as well. Nathan, that's a reasonable range of produce and I think when people hear organic they often think, well, it's a fairly small niche scale. What sort of volumes and number of people are you employing and an area are you covering with all that? Our products, say for this time of year, we're punching out about four and a half thousand crates a week, which probably works around at 30,000 individual units of organic produce, so either broccoli on trays at 500 grams or cut slices of Kent pumpkin or butternut pumpkins cut in half and they're all wrapped up and and delivered to supermarket shelves from Melbourne all the way up to Townsville, so all the eastern seaboard. So it keeps our teams busy and it keeps a few other industries around us through the supply chain busy as well. Well, I'd imagine it would keep them busy, Nathan, and it's a family business as well. So what sort of labour force figures are we talking about throughout the year? I imagine it ebbs and flows. You know, there's some ebbs and flows. We're very busy here at the moment. We're still in the middle of broccoli planting as well as picking up pumpkin, picking broccoli and also running a packing shed. Really quite a modest crew of about 12 to 15 workers in that packing shed, which they work through Monday to Friday. So it's a pretty consistent time of year for us. Once we get all the pumpkins up and in storage, those staff will start pruning stone fruit trees or continue with the harvest of broccoli as well. So it's a pretty consistent gang of workers. We've been really fortunate that we've partnered up with an Afghani family that we've had working with us for about 15 years now. So we've got a lot of trained staff and a lot of people that when it comes to pumpkin season, they um, already know what to do. They know how to care for the products. They know how to get them into the bins as safely as possible and able to train up those other staff that just come on spec for a big day or for a different task. So really quite fortunate and it's really been good having a loyal support base of workers so we can and um, keep growing the business. That's actually a really important point, isn't it? Because it can be incredibly draining constantly chasing staff to get jobs done, particularly in the current climate. Yeah, and a lot of farmers are facing um, very big challenges at the moment. Holding a 
working crew, but holding a work crew that has experience or will stay around to help them out through the seasons or have experience in the certain products that they might be growing. So, because it's a lot different to pick an apple compared to a cherry, it's a lot different to pick a cherry compared to cleaning broccoli to put it in a pre-packaged unit. So, you've got to be really careful that there is extra costs around for, for growers at the moment having to train those staff up regularly because we've got such big throughput of, of workers and they're really hard to find. And so a lot of these new palm scheme of getting workers into the country on a more consistent basis will be really um, beneficial for farmers and the whole supply chain to be able to get that product off efficiently and quality as well and then get the product to the customer. Nathan, you're fully certified organic grower. How did that journey start? Because you're third generation. What was the reason behind the decision to become organic? As a farming family, we're always had a passion for looking after the soil, looking after the trees and making sure that we're doing the best thing for all parts of our production system. Not that any other farmer isn't, but we were putting extra composts out. We were using a lot more um, biologically active ingredients in through the water or applied to the foliage itself to try and enhance the, the growth of the tree to try and get more flavours and more shelf life out of our products. But that all come at a cost. And so we weren't we didn't have quite the margins that where a conventional grower just utilising specifically NPK systems was able to do. So when the opportunity come up that Coles or Woolworths at the time were looking for organic stone fruit and wanting to partner up with someone, we, we kind of jumped at the opportunity because that was a way that where we could continue going down that road of keeping and utilising composts and, and other things and to be able to grow the healthy tree and grow the flavourful fruit that we wanted to and have a business where we could make the margins to keep upgrading and keep working on that side of the business. So with getting the stone fruit in and, and going along, well, that opened doors and that's we um, expanded out our vegetable growing business as well so that we could take option on, on that relationship with the, our supermarket partners and grow more crops and employ more people all year round so we could keep a good, consistent business running. Nathan, that's quite a long-term vision though, isn't it? Because you just don't put in some stone fruit and they start producing. This was a long-term game for you. Yeah, and we're continually improving our offering in stone fruit. Only last week we received some new varieties of apricots from overseas, so we've got some other trees of them here that we're going to build up and start planting out really new and exciting varieties that have got high red blush and high flavour but also ship well and store well at the consumer's end as well. So it's a continual road of development, but the abilities of organics to and made it viable for our business to be able to go forward very boldly and pick up these new things to be able to give better offerings to the consumers. Nathan, has there been any noticeable change in the property over those 12 years? Do you look at it and go, we're seeing things flourishing that didn't happen before or or am I romanticising the notion of turning organic? No, you're definitely not romanticising it. I mean, like we've just seen a lot better resilience from the, the plants that we do grow. I mean, we really noticed the uplift in soil health. Obviously, it come by a little mistake. We had a few years ago, there's a block of peaches, quite a heavy crop on this block of peaches, and we got to harvest. We'd harvested the trees and 
we come back and it was maybe another month later we kind of noticed, well, oh, they're looking a bit wilty or they're not looking as vibrant as they should do and went back to the computer system. They hadn't actually been watered for 10 weeks and they still got a full crop off them and they still had really great quality fruit, really saleable fruit and we were just excited by that in a way, not the fact that we made a mistake but more the fact that, well, there's obviously more biology, there's more reserves to be able to hold water in the soil by by all the applications that compost had been doing and mid-row crops and stuff like that to enhance that soil and get more storage in there. So that's just a one little story that really proved to us that we're going down the right path and, and like this year, I mean, we have a pretty basic production of pumpkins. We prepare the soil and spend a lot of time at doing that, but we put the pumpkin seed in the ground into a, a balanced soil and where we don't not required to spray with any fungicides or anything like that. The allowed ones we do have in organics, the plants keep thriving. They've set really nice crops, even in some try, pretty trying weather this year. So having that resilience in the plant is really showing proving dividends for us at the moment and really keeps showing us every day that we're definitely going down the right path and it is a sustainable way to grow food so it makes us quite excited. Nathan I can hear the excitement in your voice you're very passionate about what you do did you always intend on joining the family business and what is it about horticulture that makes you want to continue on in it? Oh, I'm really passionate about the industry and obviously from a young age, as soon as my legs were long enough to find the clutch in the tractor or in the little mini moke that I had to first up right drive around the farm, I mean, always had a passion for it and it's quite an exciting industry to be a part of, being able to use water, nutrition and the right varieties to grow a product. But the one extra thing you get in horticulture is you can take it straight all the way to the consumer. And that's been the part I kind of bit my teeth at and worked hard at that in our pack house and talking to our customers to find out what they wanted and how we could add value to their supply chain. So that was um, quite exciting. And that's why we take the product from the seed, from the paddock, into the packing shed, prepare it for our consumers. So as I mentioned before, cut pumpkin and cut butternut because that's what the consumers want at store. They don't want it to have to carry around a big Kent pumpkin. So we cut it, we seal it here, we get it cold and we put it around the country ourselves. And knowing that the consumers had that experience, we know what we're sending, we know it's good products, that we know they're, they're as tasty as they can be. And that's what kind of wakes you up in the morning and even though we we're only planting the broccoli or we've got to weed some pumpkin plants or we've got to keep working soil to prepare for the next season. It's all a part of that same supply chain. So that's what keeps us excited. Nathan, this was quite a change in direction for the family property some 12 years ago. And I imagine that required a lot of new knowledge. Have you gone about changing your skills? As a farm, we've always been probably very adaptive to change. We might have been a little bit late to the precision agriculture tractors um, with GPS and whatnot, but outside of that, we've always been at different field days researching different things and I was very fortunate five years into our journey to be able to do enough field on sustainable organics, so being able to travel around the world and experience different types of organic agriculture and still you you pick up new and exciting knowledge even from say cereal farmers or a dairy farm that's using organic practices we can bring that back here and into our horticultural blocks and see how that can develop but it's all about picking up on that a good rotation using sound cover crops and and having that long-term approach to growing organic 
crops. We can't keep the block I'm sitting beside right now as a pumpkin block, but it won't go into production again until next winter. So it'll have the rest of this winter off, summer off, and then we'll start planning what we can do there with a few cover crops and, and our additions of compost. So we need to respect our soils, look after our soils, and, and continually get that knowledge so that we can see different methods to keep building it up rather than taking away that soil health. Nathan, in terms of that knowledge, you've also got another role. You're pretty busy on your property, I'd imagine, but you're also president of horticulture for the VFF. Why did you get involved with that role and why is it important to you? The industry's given me so much over all the years I've been in it, which really hasn't been that long compared to a lot of other people that are in the horticultural industry, but it was my way of being able to give back. Obviously, running a production business that supplies, say, to supermarkets and export markets, I feel I've got a pretty good handle on what the issues are in the industry and and what problems certain growers are facing. So I felt that I wanted to give back to the industry and I found this was a good way. Obviously, we have a, a big labour issue at the moment, which takes up most of our time at the VFF and, and across the board in this industry. So hopefully when we can kick some more goals in that area and get a better reliable workforce for the growers in Victoria and obviously the country as well, we can start battering down on some of the other big issues that we can solve to keep farmers viable and keep them profitable so that we can keep growing this wonderful produce that we grow in Victoria and keep doing it for generations to come. Earlier on, you mentioned you've got these specialised packaging systems in place. Was that particularly helpful during COVID because we, we shifted towards a bit of direct delivery? Yeah, well, inside our packing shed, we've got yeah, machines that wrap that product up for us because, again, none of us really like wrapping presents and it's generally a mad rush the night before Christmas to be able to get it done. So we didn't see why on our property we needed to be hand wrapping any of our products for the consumers because one was adding money cost to that product and two we couldn't get the capacity to be able to get that product to market or enough of that product to market to run our business so we've implemented some automatic wrapping machines that kind of gets that product through the system a lot quicker and also checks its weights and make sure there's no metal contamination in it to make sure our customers are always safe I mean, having that good access to other products and supplies of things during COVID where we we ran a little box business and that was very popular where people can come and pick them up from the farm or would deliver them into town. Um, And it was just adapting to that market. People were doing a lot more things at home and like we've noticed even the development in our butternut line where we're kind of selling a lot more of our butternut whole with just a sticker on them rather than cutting them in half and wrapping them up. So um, I think during COVID, people have maybe got back in the kitchen again and and cooking stuff up for themselves rather than maybe eating out as much as they used to. Nathan, it sounds like technology is playing an ever-increasing role in your business, but that must present issues as well, though, in terms of ensuring that you've got the workforce with the appropriate skills. And that's why the industry is ever-changing and a practice that we were doing yesterday is not technically the one we might be doing tomorrow due to weather or as we'll talk about before gaining extra knowledge and and seeing that was an old thing to do or that was um something that wasn't wasn't helping us out at 100 percent so having key staff in our production system that are trained up in yeah, using gps agriculture in the paddock or being able to utilize the expensive and automatic 
wrapping machines that are in the pack house and but also making sure down to the basics that well the right cleaning products were put in the right bottles to make sure that the benches are clean and sanitary and hygienic so that we don't have any other issues come through the business so it's it's making sure everyone's looking at the right result and even though you're only wiping down the bench at the day or you're allowed to run the tractor outside all those jobs are very important to the end result we need on the farm so making sure everyone knows that key goal will it keeps us going forward pretty strongly. Nathan what do you think are some of the opportunities for people considering a role in the horticultural sector? Oh, opportunities are huge and the industry isn't what it was yesterday and it's going to be 100% different nearly tomorrow as well. There's a lot of different roles in this industry and but it's just probably getting that perception that people have thinking that oh, farmers are out there with a hook-hoe or a shovel or they're out there tromping around in wet grass all day. That's all you get to do in an agricultural or horticultural business. We need to be able to showcase the technologies we have in the industry. We need to showcase how today we've got a pumpkin sitting here, but tomorrow afternoon it's sitting on a supermarket shelf. We've got to be able to show that system so people can be proud of it like we are and excited to to get in the industry and, and work on getting training in certain things. I don't think our next employee we get here will be just say an admin person or a tractor driver it'll be someone that's got a lot of knowledge in electrical systems because that's a key in our business now that's a big risk for us because we are quite remote the technologies we use on the in the packing shed come from spain so having training on those machines will probably be something that we'll really need shortly because the day where we're broken down is a day where we're not supplying product and then we're not consistent so we need to make sure we're on top of everything and having the right training courses through the TAFE systems or, or privately based ways of getting education in sustainable agriculture, in organics, in technologies that we all use, I think um, we'll be lifting up pretty quickly because end of the day, everyone's got to eat. So we've got to make our supply chain as efficient and as, as good as possible. Well, Nathan, you're doing a fabulous job of making sure that people do eat and sounds like you're taking your business from strength to strength. Nathan Free, Managing Director of Wattle Organic Farms, thank you for taking the time and spending it with us for this AgVic Talk podcast. Thank you very much, Drew. Thank you for listening to AgVic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne.